It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On. Locked On. Locked Locked On. Locked Locked On. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. Today's episode is brought to you by Visa. Help support your local businesses, whether they're your corner stores, your coffee spots, or your favorite shops. Local businesses have been there on your team supporting you and your community. But right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So let's be there for them. The next time you go shopping, make the sh- make the choice to shop at a local business and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless visa to help support your community because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be, the official partner of the NFL. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, today is a great day. Do you know why it's a great day? Oh, tell me. Because Damon Snacks Harrison signed with the Seahawks, which means we don't have to answer a thousand questions about why the Cowboys haven't signed him yet. Well, I'm sure. I, that, listen, that's never stopped Cowboys fans in the past from asking the question. It's a good point. It's a great so, point. So I, I, let's not count our, our chickens before they've hatched. Yeah, that's true. Uh, he is only on the Seahawks practice squad, so I guess uh, theoretically the Cowboys go. could sign him. So maybe I shouldn't get too uh, happy yet. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, See, you've already jinxed yourself. Yeah, there you go. All right, we're going to get to your Twitter questions today. And I want to start with a question um, from our friend John Williams. Mm who runs the uh, Locked On Sooners podcast over there. Speaking of sad, man, if you're a Sooners fan right now. <laughs> Poor John. You're probably, Poor John. If you're, if you're, if you're somebody, man, if he's having a really rough sports sports year, right? Well, that, well, as I said, last week was just the worst. Between the Sooners, Cowboys, and the Raiders all losing, plus the Eagles uh, winning. That It was a rough uh, sports day. Um, John wants to know about Neville Gallimore, who you know was active in week one, hasn't played since... Um, listen, Landon, I, 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 I kind of understand, you know, I watched, you know, both of us watched the all 22 this week. Um, Don Terry Poe is awful. Tyrone Crawford doesn't look like he has much left. So what's preventing the Cowboys from not going out and seeing what they have in Neville Gallimore? First off real quick, if you guys don't follow John Williams on Twitter, you absolutely should. Great One guy. of the really yeah. super great people on Twitter, which is a rare thing to be honest. Uh, yeah, they're mostly populated absolutely. with jerks like Marcus and I, so <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, but John is an actual good guy uh, to his question. Um, you know, I, I mean, I hate to see what Gallimore is looking like in practice if what, you know, compared to what we've seen trotted out of defensive tackle so far this season. I mean, it can't be that much worse, though, right? I, I mean, it could. I, it, it possibly could. I, I mean, you have to think about, like, you know, where he's coming from and the traditional, yeah. like, you know, transition that has come from OU defenses, specifically OU defensive <laughs> linemen. Yeah. And they're, and they're m- w- making their way into the league. They usually use that kind of weird frog stance. Uh, or at least play it sometimes. And, and I think even Gallimore himself was, a, you know, I mean, if you look at his skill set, 
he's a one gapping defensive tackle, but I think you know he was playing a lot of weird kind of two gapping stuff, and, and just just you know that kind of odd configuration. Uh, uh, he almost played like a nose tackle. Yeah, well, he did. Yeah, I mean, he played like he played a zero and a one technique, I think, yeah. but I don't think he played it like a traditional zero or one technique because of the way that defense is run. So, yeah, you know, I think there's a lot of tech, and he's kind of a you know young in the football sense you know player so I, I think he's still learning techniques you know required I think he he's you know it's a lot like Tristan Hill to, in some ways right last year oh where, very much so yeah you know where they, there's a physically uh, you know uh, 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 impressive defensive tackle but has got a lot of technique work to go before he's able to kind of play the position that is especially what the Cowboys need right now uh, at, at a level that even unfortunately the rest of these guys are playing I, you know i would say that in general defensive tackle is one of the more difficult positions to kind of transition into the nfl Absolutely. it's just a completely 100%. different game uh, so I, I think you know there the expectations on gallimore producing right away shouldn't be shouldn't be high in the first place. I think the problem is is that we're just looking at what is being put on the field right now and just begging and, mm-hmm. and get, grasping for anything else. I agree. And I think Gallimore when they took him, they knew he was a really raw player. I mean, this yeah. is a great athlete, but didn't actually produce all that much at Oklahoma. Uh, we mentioned, you know, some of the ways that he was used there, but He's really a three technique in the NFL, an up the field penetrator. He's not helping your run game at all. And as bad as Don Terry Poe and Tyrone Crawford have been, I, I, you just can't play Neville Gallimore yet. And I think this is a long term pick. It was a bet, you know, just in case Tristan Hill wasn't ready, they would have another option there. But I, I don't expect to see Gallimore on the field anytime soon. And I especially don't expect him to see him playing with Tristan Hill. I just don't think you can play those two guys together, yeah. right? No. I mean, that's the, the, the you're going to have similar issues. I think Tristan Hill is a much better player than Neville Gallimore mm. right now. But even Hill is, I mean, he's really, really struggling when asked to, to play the run. He, I mean, yeah. they were asking him to 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 to, uh, to uh, to tech and, and it's it's just it's not working he can't do that almost at all like he, he's and, and i think gallimore will probably be a similar situation where gallimore needs to one gap gallimore needs to you know fit in a crack and get through uh i i don't know that either one of these guys is going to help you in the sense of you know trying to keep your linebackers clean or, or trying to keep your uh you know your defensive line stout against the run let's talk about another cowboys rookie uh, a lot of people in our uh, mentions want to know about Reggie Robinson who is yet to be active um, for the Cowboys yet now they moved him from cornerback to safety during training camp Uh, the team did release Brandon Carr on Tuesday afternoon Uh, is there a chance that maybe we see Reggie Robinson this week and that's part of the reason why they released Brandon Carr I don't really know. You know, I, I mean, I think <laughs> like yeah. the, the Brandon. I mean, Carr- we haven't seen him yet. Yeah, because I've, of no training camp and no. I mean, a shortened training camp, no preseason. I've literally, literally never seen, seen him yet. play safety. Like, you know what I'm no. saying? Like, so I, I have no idea what, what he's going to look like at the position. And and beyond that, the Brandon Carr situation itself is very odd and unusual. So, uh, yeah, I think. You know, I think part of it could be that they may want to see a little bit more of Donovan Wilson. I mean, I, I don't, you know, he didn't play incredible last night on Sunday, but I thought that he, you know, 
he showed he can at least be around the ball and make plays. He also gave up a lot of plays. Yeah. But but I think that that's also you know an unfair measurement on a guy that probably didn't get any snaps as a starter at all that week. So we we're both in agreement that Wilson should start this week, right? I think he should at least be given. Look, I, I mean, look, I. I think that I saw enough in play temperament on tape last Sunday that I want to see what he looks like with a full week of practice as the starter. You know, and I think if you put him in a position to avail himself of, of his skill set and, and put him in a position to do what he does best as opposed to kind of just throwing him out there in, 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 in the defense, I, I think mm-hmm. he has the ability to develop into a good player. But I also know that this defense has no time to wait for anybody you know i mean this defense has to get better immediately and that's really you know it's kind of the double-edged sword that the cowboys are in right now right mm-hmm. like you can't what's the quickest way to uh get competent you know talented players injected into probably play veterans right yeah well i mean you try to try to get veterans but it's like even them kind of you know first of all how has that worked out overall not great so far this year <laughs> no. and no. beyond that like you still have to deal with covid so they got to deal with the protocol then they got to get in then they got to learn the defense you know and then the other route is obviously the young players you have reggie robinson he's been in your system this whole time but obviously the downside there is are guys like Reggie Robinson and Donovan Wilson ready to be full-time starters or ready to be players that see snaps full-time? Who knows? I don't know. And so yeah. it's it becomes a very difficult equation at this point. And, and I, you know, I, I tend to think that you're probably better off, and I, I think that it's bared out so far from other positions, you're probably better off letting your young players take their lumps might and, as well and, right and getting and hope them by the there. end of the season those guys are ready to go yeah right? yeah like get it let it get them out there see what they can do i mean look it didn't work great for terrence Steele, but i think you found something in brandon knight Correct. uh it it it's i think it's worked better it for you know biotish uh at, at center i think it's worked well for uh it Listen, as bad as, as as bad up and down as Donovan Wilson was on Sunday, I, he was still better than Darian Thompson, you know? Sure. So sure. I, I think there is something to kind of trying to let these young guys play instead of going out and getting a lesser than expensive vet who is probably going to have a lot of the same, you know, learning curve issues that, that these rookies or young players will have if you stuck them into those roles. One more question before we take a break, Landon, and this one comes from Alex, and I'm pretty sure I know the answer to this one. Uh, what group is better when they're fully healthy, the safeties or the cornerbacks? The corners, right? Yeah, I don't even think it's that close. Yeah. I right? mean, the because... corners the corners don't have a great player, but they have a lot of second and third corner depth, you know, when they're yeah. healthy. And I think that's value. That has value. I mean, you know, I think you can make an argument as to whether you'd rather have that versus a number one cornerback in a whole bunch of you know third sure. corners but I, I still think that that's still something of value versus what you have at safeties which is literally one good starter and then i don't know what else yeah i think once they get awuzie and anthony brown back and it sounds like brown might be able to become back either this week or next week yeah I think you can at least be a below average at the cornerback group, right? And listen, we'll take below average right now, and I think uh, that could help a lot. And also, there's also the potential that you get those guys back. Maybe you don't have to play Daryl Worley as much at corner, and you can move him to safety, and maybe that fixes two spots with one guy returning. So uh, we'll see. It's not going to be a great unit no matter who comes back, but 
can they be passable in order to, to get enough stops and create a few turnovers? We shall see. Um, let's take a quick break so I can tell you guys about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar out there. It's hard to even explain it. It's real chocolate with amazing flavors. It's a great combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar with no crazy additives. Best of all, they taste incredible, and they are releasing six new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, and apple almond crisp. Uh, let me give you guys a little pro tip here. When you get your, your Built Bars in the mail, stick them in the refrigerator. It, it, they're perfect for lunch, you know, for a meal supplement. Uh, they, they make them taste even better. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off any order. Again, that's BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKEDON. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Okay, Landon, we got a lot of questions about the offensive line, and let's keep diving into this. Um, this one comes from Eamon. Uh, he wants to know, where is Connor McGovern uh, with his injury mess? And, you know, this is somebody who the Cowboys had graded as a second-round player. They had him graded over Tristan Hill. You know, we're, what, 20 games in, and we have yet to see him take a snap yet. What's going on with McGovern? I, I mean, I, I kind of was asking a similar question earlier. I mean, I, I think right now there's not a place for him to to play. You know, I mean, he's he's not. I, I don't I don't anticipate that he's better than Connor Williams right now, and I and I don't. He, I know he's not better than Zach Martin. No, I don't really know what his ability is to play center, but I think it's likely that it's probably on par or below where Biotish is. And so I would imagine that they are going with the guy that they picked there. Um, you know, I, I think Connor McGovern for now may be a very uh, luxurious swing backup interior guy, but mm. I don't even know if that's where he's, you know, slated right now. So, it's it's really hard to know, you know. It's it, we have again. Connor McGovern is a guy who we've seen almost no snaps of. You know, I mean, it, right? He got hurt. He got hurt first early practice last year. Camp last year, and 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 uh, obviously no training camp this year for us observing. So we really kind of have lost track of McGovern as I mean, as far as like you know high ranking draft picks, he's mm -hmm. one of the few guys who we've barely even seen. So it's really really difficult to kind of judge where his development is because like I said, I have not seen him take a pass set yet. I have not seen him, you know, put a helmet on and engage a defensive tackle. So it's, it, I, I have no answers here. I'm asking that same question because <laughs> McGovern is one of the one of the few guys where everything is, everything we know about him is, is secondhand information. We have no firsthand information on, on yeah. how he's playing or how he's looking. I don't have anything to add about this year, but I will say long-term, I have a feeling that McGovern is going to be the swing interior guy because Joe Looney is on a one-year deal. I don't expect them to bring him back, especially if Tyler Biotis, you know, seizes yeah. this center job that we expect him to do. Yeah. 
I think Dallas is going to want to roll with Biotis at center. And then McGovern, because he has center and guard experience, will probably take over that spot. Yeah. Uh, but again, that's a, you spent a third-round pick on a swing interior guy. That's It seems expensive, but uh, given how important offensive line play is, I don't hate it. I do think I, I'll guess that we'll get to see him at some point in this year, whether it's an injury to somebody, um, whether the Cowboys you know decide to rotate him in or whatever. I'm guessing we will see him. Maybe it won't be on the time period or the you know the, the circumstances that we want, um, but I'm guessing we will we'll, we will see him. Real quick, I will just yeah. add that I think that again he may have been someone who really really suffered a lot from this whole oh, COVID agree. situation because you know it, it just it, it sapped his ability to make a move on one of these spots to prove himself to the coaching staff. You know again. A big thing that we're not talking enough about is not just the install of the scheme and the lack of that because of training camp, but the actual lack of evaluation time for these coaches for players like, I'm going to say Connor McGovern, McGovern, Donovan Wilson, again, is another guy like that where, you know, these are guys who had some potential that you were interested in last season, but that all of that kind of interest is dissipated by the change of coaching staff. Yeah. Well, and let's even go further. So you mentioned the change in coaching staff. Remember, this is a guy that got hurt in training camp last year. When the NFL facility shut down in March, He, I mean, who knows how that rehab was going. He, I'm sure he had to do all this rehab by himself, right? And, mm-hmm. and not, I mean, I'm sure the... I'm sure the staff was checking in with him, but it's not like he was in the building no. every single day getting yeah. treatment, getting stronger. So I, I think that probably played into some of this as well. Absolutely. And again, as I was telling you before the podcast... This coaching staff didn't draft him. Yeah. They're not necessarily tied to him at all. So um, he is somebody that we're going to have to monitor and see you know, what happens with him in the next you know, calendar year. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about this question from Eric. Uh, he's asking about Michael Gallup, who has been pretty quiet through the first four games of the season. Uh, he did have a, a, a somewhat big game against Seattle, um, but he was the odd man out against Atlanta. Uh, it was the same guy, you know, only a few targets here against uh you, you know the the Browns this week. Is this just going to become the norm with Michael Gallup, or are we expecting bigger days to come? Yeah, I mean, I think you know, I think that this is this is going to be a a weekly question, and then you you know you can substitute for X on whether it's Michael Gallup or it's Ceedee Lamb or Cooper, because you know ultimately there is enough balls to go around season wide. Right, but maybe not game sure. game by game wide. Right? Yeah, so the weekly targets are going to fluctuate. Yeah, for sure. exactly. And as teams adjust to you know what the Cowboys are doing, and they you know they see tape of Cooper eating them up, they'll start focusing more on th- on Cooper, and then that will open things up for Gallup, and then they'll start focusing more on Gallup, and that'll open things up for Lamb, and then Lamb will open things up for uh, Schultz, and you know I think that I, I think that it's just going to be you know if this this. I hate to say this, Marcus, but this smells like a fantasy football question now that I'm saying this. And hey, I feel like speaking I'm getting, of fantasy Am I getting football. tricked into answering a fantasy football question? Is that what's yeah. happening here? Yeah, speaking of fantasy football, make sure you go follow the Locked on Dynasty Football <laughs> podcast on Twitter. Uh, one of the best podcasts out there. I can't remember the host's name, but I remember him being pretty good. He's got a very annoying um, voice. I, I, I do agree. I think that's one of those things that's going to be week to week, and it's going to yeah. be matchup-based, right? Yes, absolutely. Um, if, if, t- if two teams have really good outside cornerbacks – the Cowboys are just going to pick on the middle of the field with uh, Dalton Schultz and CeeDee Lamb. It's just going what it's going to happen. Uh, Cleveland actually has two pretty decent outside corners and Denzel Ward, who is a star. And then Terrence Mitchell has played pretty well for them. 
But I think like this week coming up against the Giants, I think this is a Michael Gallup day, right? Oh, yeah. They've got James Bradbury, who is one of the you know most underrated cornerbacks in the NFL. I expect Amari Cooper to be followed by him. Uh, and then Isaac Gideon, who they traded for right before the season, arguably the worst starting cornerback in the league. Maybe. Probably going to be matched up against uh, Michael Gallup. So it, it's just going to be a game-to-game basis. There's going to be some monster, monster weeks from Michael Gallup. And if the Cowboys can protect Prescott uh, and they can take some of those shots down yeah. the field, yeah. you're going to see 130, 140-yard games and two touchdowns for Michael Gallup. So, and I was going to say, would, that's something that, that you brought up a very good point, that the fact that the protection has affected Michael Gallup. Absolutely. Because Gallup feeds on get, getting down the field, double moves, making the plays down the field. Those are long developing plays. They require more pass protection, something that the Cowboys obviously have struggled with when having two backup offensive tackles in there. I agree. Um, I, again, Gallup is fine. He, he's been yeah. good this season. He just hasn't necessarily got the chances, and a lot of that is not because of his fault. Yeah. It's just the offensive line, other guys getting wide open. Um, he'll be fine. Yeah. Um, let's take a break, and we'll come back, and we'll answer some more questions. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Landon, this question comes from Philip. He wants to know, uh, can you give us a comp for Brandon Knight? He asks if it's Doug Free. Uh, that's not a bad one considering the athleticism, although I think Doug Free was a little bit more athletic. Uh, do you have a good mm. comp for Brandon Knight? I, I, don't think, I don't think Free got out of the set like Knight does. Uh, no, but, but uh, I think he was a better overall athlete, though, right? Remember, he was nicknamed well, uh, Freak in the sense coming that, out of Northern Illinois. Yeah, in the sense that I think Freak could still bury some people, too. You know, and, sure. and I don't know that we've seen that as much with Knight other than effort, and I think he's a tough guy. Um, I'm trying to think. It's tough because he is good and smooth out of the stance, but he also has got a little bit of nastiness to him. Yeah, right? it, but, but, and, he's, but he's also not – it's weird because he's, he's nasty and tough, but he's not strong. You know, right, he's, right. He's not burying sure. people like yet. I mean, it's I not like a Colombo situation where this is just a guy that was super strong. Dude. Yeah, no. no, I think I think he'll get there, and I think his strength eventually. You know, a couple more seasons in an NFL weight room will help there. Um, yeah, I mean, he's he's. It's tough. Sometimes I, they're I, just not a good, a good comp. That's, I think that's maybe just the answer. someone like Jared Valdir, maybe. You okay. Know, you know, like because he's got long arms, he's got the kind of athleticism. I think, I think Valdir's like, you know, his like the ceiling is where I think I think Knight could potentially get past better than that guy. But I think he's a similar type of player where they get into their sets quickly, they come to balance, they've got good uh, length. I think that's there's times when they struggle with being overpowered. And I, I think yeah, that Knight can get better at that, whereas Valdir kind of topped out at his point in the league. Yeah, and I mean Valdir is a guy that stuck around for a lot, you know, a long time playing both left and right tackle. Yeah. Uh made a career kind of bouncing around, being that somebody's uh, you know, starting right tackle once somebody yeah. got injured. So that's not bad. I was gonna go with like Walter Jones or Orlando Pace, but I am not sure that's quite good <laughs> enough. But uh 
<laughs> we love you, Brandon Knight. Uh, thank you for maybe helping save the season. Um, <laughs> he's Larry Allen, if he's anyone. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, let's get to this question from Matt. What is the ceiling and the floor for this team after watching them perform in the first month of the season? Do you still think they're a Super Bowl contender? Do they not have that ceiling anymore considering the lack of talent on defense? What do you think? I mean, I, I don't think I've seen anything that has provided a ceiling or a floor for this, for this team. <laughs> well, I would say floor. I know what the floor is. This, this team could play in these games Oh, you think that they long. can't get worse than they are now? Because <laughs> I, I bet they could, Marcus. <laughs> I mean, I guess if the offense decides to just not be quite as efficient, yeah, yeah maybe they do go 4-12 or, or whatever. But, yeah, I guess you're right. I, I Yeah, I just think that, you know, as – I think that they've blown past my floor, right? But they've also yeah. blown past my ceiling. I, I don't. I, it's. It's. It, yeah. I think. I. I think it's still all, all on the table. I, I don't really know what what has changed. You know, like I mean, even though they're one in three, they're still in it in in, in the <laughs> NFC East. And frankly, it doesn't. This year, more than almost any other year. I don't think it ma- like it doesn't matter as long as you make the playoffs because I think all bets are off at that point. And, and I do think that once we get into December and uh, and then then eventually into January, I think a lot of these teams are going to look extremely different than they do right now. And the Cowboys might be one of them because look, uh, everyone's suffering from this you know lack of training camp and and and. Even with training camp and the way things are, September is notoriously bad football. You know, it's just they're still trying to work their way into this. So I have a hard time. I have a hard time, you know, using this four game sample size as uh, uh, something that's easy to extrapolate out what's going to happen for the rest of the season. Because I think even more so than normal we're getting a false picture of what these teams look like because ev- all these teams are at v- wildly varying degrees of where they are, or, you know, where they are on track to becoming the team that they want to be, I guess is, is the best way to put it. So uh, is there, is there an, a chance that the Cowboys defense figures it out enough to, you know, buoy the, the offense that mm. scores 38 points a game to, have them win 12 games total this year. I mean, they'd have to go on an incredible run, but it certainly could happen. Uh, it, could they also, could it all implode and this in, and everything just falls apart and they can't figure out how to uh, stop anybody. And the offense continues to struggle with efficiency and, and, you know, mm. in, more injuries happen and they lose the rest of the games. I could see that 100% happening just because, this year has added so much variance and you know you add in a new coaching staff and and there's so there's so much volatility on this team right now and and again maybe that's not a terrible thing you know the the the, the thing we complained about with Jason Garrett or the thing that many people complained about with Jason Garrett that I actually was advocating for is that say what you will about him he provides a floor. He pro- pro- provides a steadiness on your team. And, and and maybe that was the issue is that it was too steady, right? It was too consistently uh, barely above average, right? And now 
you needed that sure. volatility to get to the next level, to get to that next plane of 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 kind of winning and making it to the NFC Championship games and playing for Super Bowl, right? Maybe you needed that volatility to kind of get you over the hump. But right now, that volatility is is creating just uncertainty and and your team is not playing very well and the thing that you think that you could rely on to lead you to victory in your offense isn't doing the job well enough to win these games and you can say what you want about the points per game and all that stuff and that's that's fine but they're not there i mean offense is absolutely contributing to this if not as much as the defense then very close so i i think that there is an opportunity that I think there's obviously a much better opportunity for the Cowboys offense to get it together and to, you know, kind of uh, work against the uh, you know, come back to the closer to mean on turnovers and that sort of thing and regress to, so they're not giving the ball away a negative nine, you know, uh, turnover ratio for, for the rest of the season. And then this team suddenly gets hot and they can play their way into the play, uh, playoffs. And then, frankly, again. All bets are off in the playoffs. You know, if, if this yeah, team, if I this mean, team, can sp- we, we have no idea what everybody's going to look like by the time we get to December and January. You might have teams that have to forfeit the rest of the season because, yeah. because of COVID. And right? that's and again, that has nothing to do. Like that's not even just the Cowboys. That's that's every team. I, I really yeah. do believe that this, like, the teams that we think are great right now, may not be the same teams that we think are great even four weeks from now. I would not be surprised if the whole con- like the whole makeup of the power structure of the league is completely jumbled in another four weeks from now. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you one question to close out the podcast, Landon. And some people don't like it when we talk about officiating, so you can go ahead and turn off the podcast now. We thank you guys for listening to the first uh, 30 minutes of this show. But uh, <laughs> I'm putting on my angry fan hat, okay? okay? And I want you to answer this question for me. So through the first four weeks of the season, the total penalties in the league are down by the most we've seen since 2010. Uh, week four had the fewest amount of penalties in a week since week 17 of 2013, according to the NFL. Um, except that's not really affecting the Cowboys. The Cowboys are actually up in penalties uh, from last year. Uh, they're in the bottom three of penalty yards. They're in the bottom three of total penalties called. Their opponents, though, are in the top three of the fewest amount of penalties called. So there's been a pretty big penalty differential here between the Cowboys and their, and their opponents. So um, can you explain that all to me, or are you just befuddled like I am? I mean, I'd have to ask, like, is that absolutely that abnormal? I mean, it feels like this was the case last season, too, right? Well, they were. It's been the case. It's since 2010. The Cowboys have the the greatest differential in penalty yards compared to their opponents. Yeah, and and you know, <laughs> I I don't I don't. Know how you, to this is a tough that. spot to put you in because there's there's really no way to, to answer this. There, I mean, yeah. The, look, as a Cowboy fan, I I have a hard time believing that, that that's that's not. That's a coincidence. That it's a coincidence. I mean, I hate to yeah, be like yeah. that, but I mean, just the way that. I mean, I mean, again, not to not to be the conspiracy guy, but just the way that we all just laughed off the Des Cotton situation, you know, just uh, oh, whoops, sorry guys, <laughs> my bad, you know, like th- the way they handled that, and the, the way that, you know, they continually go back to these 
uh, proven terrible refs as like yeah. you know the consultants. I mean, just just the re- reverence that they hold guys like Dean Blandino and and and, oh, I just about and to Mike say, Pereira in like they are like great refs or something like that. It's yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, never forget that. One of the, somebody got a uh, TV job because of that does call. Just let's yeah. let's not forget that. Yeah, right? exactly. And, and so I guess you know I don't want the. Reason, I'm, I'm not upset. You can, can you tell through my no, voice that I'm no. I'm, I'm not still upset. The, the, this is the problem with talking about this is that it's it's so out of our control. It's been a problem for so long. The NFL We're doesn't seem even remotely interested in fixing it. Uh, and frankly, when it comes to uh, matters of fairness in the NFL. It's one of the more infuriating things that I that like. It's almost unforgivable to me in yeah. that that the, the NFL does such a poor job of competitive balance and, yeah. and and seemingly don't really as much money as they spend on so many other aspects of the NFL. The fact that they go cheap and 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 can't figure out a better referee situation than what they've got now, and they can't seem to get it together is. It, I mean, it really is the, the the best metaphor for how poor this league is run, right? Is that they have all they have all the resources in the world, and they don't even they don't even know what to do with it. And so, yeah, uh, I mean, that's that's where I'll leave it. Is that it's hard not to feel like <clears throat> it's hard not to feel like the the, the the league doesn't care about it. And then beyond that, it's hard not to feel like the Cowboys consistently, <laughs> and the numbers bear this out. The, the Cowboys consistently get screwed by the calls, which again, maybe that happens, but the Cowboys can't survive that plus all the other sure terrible stuff sure. that's happening. You know, it's yeah. Just, they, I mean, it's just they, another they've got thing, a lot of things. Right? They've got a lot of things they got to work on. Yeah, themselves. absolutely. But this is not every the once main in a while you'd like you'd like a you'd like a fifty fifty call to go. Your oh way, my gosh, you know? at least right? Like, it just, yeah. I mean, the, come on. The, the problem is, is that you watch the a whole game and and you see four or five things go uncalled and the Cowboys get called for two or three way lesser. The, the Joe Thomas one, man, yeah, I'm the, still let's, mad. Yeah. Let's let's talk I, about this. I think we, we'll find out. I think today if Joe Thomas gets fined for his um, legal helmet to helmet. Yeah, I've got a feeling. <laughs> I've got a feeling that he's not, and that'll tell you all you need to know. Uh, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, you can follow the show at Lothan Cowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow me at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you next time. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.